0: welcome to bloodbath a true crime podcast i'm ashley and i'm jamie wait ash did you just say true crime i did so if i'm easily like triggered by stories about murder or burglary or stalking or even ghosts which aren't real then this probably isn't the podcast for me
1: okay just because the ghosts aren't real in this case doesn't mean they're not real ma'am <laughs> but you right <laughs> consider that your blanket trigger warning we're about to listen to a true crime podcast
0: And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. It's time for the show. And we're back. And we're back. Ashley, I
1: think you have stuff for us this week. I got a doozy of a case.
0: Ooh, a doozy? For you. I love a doozy. This
1: one, I came across it, and I kind of already knew it, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to deep dive this one a little bit, and this is specifically for you. You're going to hate this. Oh. That's just how much I love you. (laughs) Mm. I feel the love so much right now. So we're going to be covering Daniel LaPlente, and this piece of trash, was born on May 16th, 1970 in Townsend, Massachusetts. He had a really rough childhood. You can feel bad for the child, not the older version. He's pretty young when shit goes down, but still. Okay. His dad, his stepdad would emotionally, physically, and sexually abuse him as a kid. He was also suffering sexual and psychological abuse from other adults in his circle as well. He was diagnosed with ADHD, and his school suggested he see a psychiatrist, and they were like, this can be easily, you know, handled. We can figure this out, except for the fact that his psychiatrist also started sexually abusing him. Excuse me, what? Why? Yep. So, this went on for, like, an entire year, until finally one day he was just like, nope, not going back. Rightfully so. And it's safe to say... That all this torture and mind games and everything that's going on was just brewing up a concoction of somebody who would not be fit for society. Not saying that people who've been through this can't be functioning people of society, but you know what I mean. It's not 100% his fault. When he started refusing to go to the psychiatrist, rightfully so, once again, Mm -hmm. he then started to work on his criminal record. He would start breaking into people's houses, and he would take things, like stupid things, like cords, chargers, little tiny things. But the biggest one where I'm like, oh, fuck, I would literally go to Poltergeist immediately is he would move around furniture. Oh, my God. It's the worst. He would move the furniture, which, like, okay, it's kind of funny. It's not Mm -hmm. funny, but it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Not from what he escalates into, but, like... If we were just going to stop there and then one day he was just like, you know, a functioning member of society and he told you about that, you'd kind of be like, um, Daniel, that's a little weird, but like, it's kind of funny.
0: <laughs> is he the butthole tickler? What? You haven't seen that? No. There's somebody who's been breaking into people's homes to tickle their buttholes in their sleep.
1: That is not real. It's real. Stop. <laughs> I'm so happy I live in the warden's house. <laughs> <laughs> Try me, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> that is <just> not okay. <laughs> it's very not okay. You're right. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny, but it's not funny. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> oh, whew, okay. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to get into the Andrews family. Brian Andrews lived in a nearby town of Pepperell, Massachusetts. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm sorry, Massachusetts. Love y'all. Halloween to the top tier. Like, you know, what's up? (laughs) He lived there with his two daughters, 15-year-old Annie and 8-year-old Jessica. The girl's mom had recently just passed away from cancer, so Brian was just starting to learn the ropes of single parenting. Brian had to work more, obviously, to support his family now, being an only parent, but Luckily, Annie was 15 years old, so she was old enough to be home alone with Jessica. And also, the two girls were already super close, but losing their mom made them even closer. So they were a very happy, loving, from what people can tell, a healthy family. One day, the phone rings, and 15-year-old Annie answers it. It was Daniel. He said he got her number from a person that she went to school with and that he wanted to take her on a date. The only thing is, though, is that that's a lie. He had been breaking into their home, saw a photo of her, and became obsessed with her. Why do I know this case? You know, I'm telling you, you probably know this case. I know it's this gonna, case. It sounds pretty familiar. Like, a lot of people know this case. But I, like, I took a dive. A deep dive. <laughs> so, Annie had just started showing, like, interest into boys. So, she would talk to him on the phone. And Daniel said that his name was Danny. He told her that he was tall, an athletic build, and had blonde hair, that he was handsome and lived in the neighborhood as well. And eventually, he finally convinced her to go on a date. Once he got to the house, though, this bitch was 100% catfished. She was catfished. And she was like, ooh, <laughs> he's wearing dirty clothes. He's not th- athletic whatsoever. in her opinion does, is, not, is not handsome. And he has dark hair. Where'd the blonde hair go? Wh- what? Her not wanting to be rude. By the way, she doesn't die. So she's, yeah. she's good. Her not wanting to be rude, which stay weird, stay rude, stay alive. You know, the whole thing. She went on the date. This dude, <laughs> okay, started just like asking questions nonstop and talking nonstop about her dead mother. That's so fucking and, like, weird hmm like, talking about cancer and, like, what it does to you and just, like, all these different fucking things. And finally, she just, like, reached a point of having pure, like, oh, regrets. <laughs> and she literally ran away from her dates. Ran away. But he knows where she lives. Oh, no. So, she thinks... Danny, as he said his name was, is out of the picture, okay? And he's no longer, like, even in her thoughts. She's like, whatever. Dodge to pull it. She's at home with her sister, and they decide they want to play the Ouija board. No. (laughs) So they start hearing knocks on the wall in the bedroom where they're sleeping. They thought it was a spirit, so they began talking to it, and it would respond with the knocks on the wall. And these poor, poor girls, they thought it was their mother. They thought it was their mom because that's obviously who they were trying to reach out to. That's who they were trying to talk to. But then soon, things started disappearing in the house and things would start moving around. There would be things on the table like mail or books and stuff. And then the next morning, it would just be scattered around the entire floor. Notes would be found all throughout the house that said, like, I'm in your room, find me and marry me.
0: Mm -mm. The girls were
1: telling their dad that they were scared that this spirit was not their mom and that it was something more insidious. They're like, Dad, we brought in a demon. Help. (laughs) Which, like, they did. But, or, Annie, she she didn't do it. But you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is insidious. Brian started to get a little irritated. Brian's the dad. And when the furniture started being moved around, he was just suspecting that the girls were fucking with one another slash him slash wanted attention. And... That's, like, a rightful thing to think about. You're not going to think about what's actually happening, which we'll get to. <laughs> hmm And then one night, the girls are home alone. Brian's at work. And he gets a call from the neighbor saying that the girls came running over to his house, absolutely hysterical, saying that there was writing on the wall in blood.
0: Oh, my God. He came God.
1: rushing home, absolutely furious that the girls had gone this far in whatever they're, like, wanting attention for. But once he got there and, like, saw them, his tone changed immediately. Mm. He went over to the house and found it a total mess with the blood writing on the wall, which was ketchup. Ew. He looked around the house and then found Daniel dressed in his deceased wife's clothes, wearing makeup and holding a hatchet. What the fuck? Uh Uh-huh. Him and Brian, they get, Daniel and Brian, they get into a fight. Somehow, Daniel gets away, and by somehow, I mean he has a hatchet, so Brian's probably being careful on how he's fighting this kid. Mm-hmm. He's 16, by the way. And, obviously, he runs out. He calls the cops. Cops are looking all over for him. They're just, like, trying to figure out where the fuck he went. They know he has not left the house until they finally found, like, a hidden, like, what are those called? Like, the cubby walls, where it has, like, the little latch, like, Coraline, line. Yeah. One of those little mm-hmm. wall things right behind... Annie's closet. It's a crawl space. Yeah, that. And that's where they find him. Just curled up inside. Oh and my he's God. promptly arrested. Yeah. Fuck that. So, only being 16 years old, he was sent to 10 months of juvenile detention. No. And he got out when he was 17 on no. May 16th, 1987. Mm-mm. So, get this October 1987, Daniel's case was actually being sent from the juvenile court to adult court. So, he was being tried as an adult, and because of this, he could post bail, since they were doing it this way. God damn it. And of course, his mom does. He's due back to court on December 11th, 1987, with the charges of four counts of kidnapping, four counts of armed assault in a a dwelling, breaking and entering a dwelling, largely of more than $100, and malicious destruction of property. Once he was out, he immediately went back to his old ways of breaking into homes. Immediately. Like, immediately. Of course. (laughs) And on the first house that he raids, he gets two guns from them on December 1st, 1987. And then he breaks into the Gustafsons? Gustafsons. Gustafsons. Yeah. What is it? Gustafsons. Gustafsons. So he breaks into their home on December 11th. He has no intentions on making it back to court December 11th. So this is where we get into the real bad true crime. What we already
0: went through was really bad.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's really bad, but now we're going to get into the murder, unfortunately. Mm. Before, it was like, ooh, stalker. At least nobody was hurt, necessarily. But this is, there's children. There's a couple children. But nothing's, like, graphic. But, you know, you're you're in a true crime podcast. What can I tell you? Mm Mm-hmm. So, 33-year-old wife Priscilla, her husband 34-year-old Andrew, and their two kids 7-year-old Abigail and 5-year-old William live at the house. Priscilla was a church nursery school teacher, described as super sweet and caring, and dedicated her life to the Christian faith. She was also pregnant with their third child. And Andrew's an attorney. Well, Andrew came home to a horrifying sight. When he first got there... He walked into the house, and he realized that it had just been recently decorated for Christmas. Like, when he left for work that morning, it had not been decorated, and he came home to a beautiful house, except Mm -hmm. for the fact that it was too quiet. Oh, my God. He made his way to the master bedroom that he shared with his wife and found blood everywhere. Priscilla was laying face down and had been raped. There was a pillow on her head, and it was shot two times, muffling the sound of the shots. Horrified by what he was seeing and not knowing that the perpetrator was in the house still, he went running over to the neighbor's house to call 911. The police came and they found Abigail and William in separate bathrooms, and they had both been drowned. They found two 22 caliber bullet castings. Casings? Castings? Castings. Castings. <laughs> An open but untouched can of beer and semen stains on the bed. Lastly, they found a shoe print in a flower bed outside of the house. So the investigation begins. The detectives on this case made a list of the possible suspects after ruling out the husband, of course. And not surprising, Mr. Daniel was on there and he had just got bailed out of juvenile detention. And also Andrew's home had odd things stolen out of it, like like a cable TV box and a cordless phone. This very, very mundane, weird things.
0: But that's like his M.O.
1: (laughs) Exactly. He was known to steal stupid shit. And at this time, he was living with his mom and stepfather less than half a mile away from their home. Daniel was at the public library on December 2nd, the day after the murders, when he was questioned about his whereabouts. He said he was home all day watching TV, and then he went to his six-year-old niece's birthday party. At this moment, they did not have enough evidence to go any further with him. But they would, in time, because he's fucking dumb. Mm Mm-hmm. Later that same day, detectives came to his house to talk to him, and he's out on the porch. He sees them pull up, and he starts booking it into the woods. He just fucking sprints. by, oh Gone. Oh, my God. Congratulations. You yeah. played yourself. You fucking fuck. It's literally. Like, oh, yeah. You have nothing to hide. Yeah. So they're chasing him through the woods, and as they're going through, they find a wet pair of gloves, which they suspect he wore while drowning Abigail and William. Mm-hmm. Look at this—the manhunt's on. A state police helicopter, police dogs, and nearly fifty local state officers are on the run to catch him. He must be a quick runner. He be a runner. He be a track star. Track <laughs> star. He's he's out for the run, and he's doing anything and everything he can to evade the cops. He abducts another woman at gunpoint forces her to drive her own car and him around somehow miraculously greatly this woman gets away from him calls the cops right away and tells them what happened he's like this dude she's like this dude just held me at gunpoint he took my volkswagen van rude Mm -hmm. and the cops immediately are like oh yeah we know who that is (laughs) so at least now they know what they're looking for other people were also calling him with sightings of him, and finally, around 6.30 p.m. on December 3rd, this is the next day, mm-hmm. they found him hiding in a dumpster about 11 miles away from his home in Townsend. Wow. A new definition for dumpster fire.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, I think he takes the cake.
1: Right? So he's arrested, but officers say that he was, like, hysterically laughing. And that he did have a gun in his underwear, but he didn't even, like, attempt to go for it. But he's hysterically laughing.
0: That's so fucking creepy.
1: Like, lay off the comic books. You're not the Joker. Yeah. (laughs) So, being the trash human that he is, he pled not guilty to all three, which, in my opinion, should be four, because she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. Priscilla was pregnant. But, I digress. He had a psychiatric? Wait. Wait. Psychiatric. Damn it. I thought I was going to make one episode. (laughs) He had a psychiatric evaluation and was found fit to stand trial. We love to hear it. We love to hear it. Also, we love to hear it. Also, he was going to be charged as an adult. 50 witnesses, including his family members, were called during this trial. Throughout his defense, he was found extremely unlikable, showing absolutely no remorse and having a constant smirk on his face. Disgusty. And you can see that photo. It's disgusting. You can see it on our Instagram at Podcast. Disgusting. Literally, like, so much unlikable that his own defense team was having trouble helping him. Oh, my God. <laughs> like. That's like, harsh. Oh, I would hate to have to wake up that morning and be like, I had to defend this twat waffle. But like, like, their
0: job is to defend the, the, the worst of the worst. I need, they're over here and like, they're
1: having trouble with you.
0: I don't like this guy, man.
1: <laughs> like, fuck. The only time, the only other case I've heard, like, somebody say that was Jody Arias, where he literally, oh her lawyer tried to get off her case. And the judge was like, no, we cannot. We cannot redo this. Like, <laughs> no.
0: <think> everybody was <laughs> done with her at that point. They're just like, can we please just fucking get this over with? hundred <laughs>
1: percent. So on top of their, his defense team having trouble defending him. Also, the evidence was rock solid. It was a slam dunk. They had the 22 caliber bullet casing, casting. Why do I have such problems with that? It's casing, right? Yeah. I don't know. Casing. Whatever. Right? <laughs> we don't know about guns. We just know how to keep them locked up. <laughs> 22 caliber bullet was found at his home. The gun that shot Priscilla was in his stepfather's glove box in his Jeep. A pair of Converse shoes were found that matched the footprint in the garden. Did not take a note from Richard Ramirez. Mm -hmm. A song, a song, a sock that belonged to Daniel that had saliva Priscilla and was believed to be used as a gag was also found in his room area. And then to top it all off, DNA wasn't like that great at this time. However, they did have enough to figure out that he was a type A secreter. Which matched the semen that was on Priscilla's bed.
0: I don't like the that phrasing at all. I know. It's Type scientific, A, okay. Secreter. Like, secreter. Fucking disgusting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when I was like doing these notes, I was like, secretor. Like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> so Daniel was sentenced to three life sentences. Fuck, fuck this, this life. life fuck, fuck your next life. life fuck fuck your next life. life. <laughs> For the murder of Priscilla, Abigail, and William, but there was a law passed allowing juveniles convicted of murder with extreme cruelty and atrocity to ask for parole after they had been behind bars for a minimum of 30 years. The judge affirmed Daniel's life sentencing with the possibility of parole in 45 years, but there is very little chances that he will get out because he still sees a forensic psychiatrist and he still shows no remorse for his crimes. Wow. I'm hoping he does not get out. I mean, we've seen many of cases where they do, but it is very unlikely. And then just a few little quote, fun facts. Of course, he appealed appealed for parole saying the search warrants on of his home. I just, I can't believe. I just, how, how would, why? I just cannot. The search warrants of his home. Were not granted. He was like, they shouldn't have done that. They, they weren't allowed to do that. <laughs> and I'm, what? what? And the judge was like, um, denied. Yes, it was. You're just mad that they found shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, they found evidence and that shouldn't have been allowed. Excuse me? They, so they did their job. <laughs> they did their job. They did it correctly and he's mad about it. In 2000, he requested to be moved to his safety area after receiving threats from other prisoners because um he killed children.
0: Yeah. You know? Uh that's that's the kind of prisoner that gets shanked.
1: You know? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Exactly. <laughs> he was granted this wish to be segregated from the other inmates. But then he sues the board for not allowing him to have access to the library, which he did gained 450 dollars for because his rights were being denied but like rightfully so and then lastly just to, so that we ended off on a good one <laughs> he was throwing an absolute fit when someone sent him some porn and they confiscated it <laughs> they oh. wanted to allow him to have it
0: <laughs> oh i feel so bad oh no <laughs> oh no you can't get your job. We call
1: ambulance. <laughs> oh, call a ambulance.
0: God, you piece <laughs> of shit. Yeah, and that is the case on Daniel Laplante. I hate it. Fucking hate it. Thanks, Ash. Good job. Has everything. <laughs> oh wait,
1: good job from last week, Jamie. No, fuck you. did you. so You're good. good. Nothing. You did such a good job. <laughs> fuck you. You want to hear a creepy <laughs> fact? We're gonna be like, oh my god, they hate each other. They actually hate each other. (laughs) I do want a creepy
0: fact. (laughs) Good. It's really fucking disgusting.
1: (laughs) Is it good? Yeah. So good.
0: So there's this (laughs) so good. There's a a type (laughs) of frog called a horned frog. Or horned toad, sorry. Okay. And they can squirt blood out of their eyes.
1: Oh, I know that one.
0: Yeah. So so they can get dirt out of their eyes. But like, Jesus, fuck, that's disgusting. (laughs) It's a very bloodbath. Yeah, literally bathing their eyes with blood. It's very broke ass. It's so broke ass. Just use water. <laughs> but only the purest of water.
1: From a waterfall. <laughs> anyway. People who don't watch Inventing Anna are like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry. We watch too much Netflix, honestly. <laughs> Well, good job, Jamie. Good job, Ashley. <laughs> Do you have a good good?
1: Uh it's crime con. It's just gonna be crime con. Until it's be we're crime no con. longer at crime con. Exactly. And then after we get back from CrimeCon, it's still gonna be crime con. You're right. Because we're going to Paul Hole's uh, book signing and Gil's gonna be there and Generation Y and We're going Podcast to be proxy. We're going out to party, and we're going to literally dorm with podcast by proxy, and we get to see our music producer. We're gonna we're gonna be living with her as well during that weekend. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. Yay! <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, thank you all
0: so much for listening. Be sure to keep up with us on our Instagram at bloodpath bloodbath blah 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 bloodbath blah 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 and all of our other social medias. Instagram is going to be the best place for you to find us because that is where we post all of our case and episode photos. So don't miss out on that. And we'll catch you guys next Friday. But wait, there's more.
1: Bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. We're getting better at that. (laughs)